All right, I, I, I hate titles, but I wanted to continue on this theme because I just think it's cool that he never gets tired of blessing us in ridiculous ways. Isn't that a good thing to remind ourselves of even? All right, so let's go to the first slide. Um, just a reminder, Romans 8, 28, there, there's, there's so many nuggets in there. All things work together for our good. That's just a reminder in itself. You can dwell on that this week. Hey, did I mess up? Thank God that he'll even make my mistakes to prosper. That's good news to me, isn't it? Because he's the master chess player, I like to think. He's 10 steps ahead of us. He goes, okay, that's what you're going to give me. You give me your mistake, I'll turn it into something beautiful for you. Because the greatest example was we killed the Savior. We killed Christ. We killed the creator of the universe. And that's what he used as the greatest blessing to redeem mankind. He goes, you're going to kill me, and I'm going to turn it around to make it the greatest blessing to redeem the world with. That's cool. So our, our other mistakes he can deal with pretty easily. And so it's just a reminder, like Paul's trying to say, what shall we say? And he's, it's a rhetorical question. If God's for you, can any situation, person, experience, circumstance be against you? No, that's what he's saying. Listen, it may not feel right, it may not look good, etc., but it's going to be okay. That's a reminder to me all the time, isn't it? So, if God's for you, who can be against you? And this is the same thing as Philippians 4. What he just said is, Jesus is the measure is how much he'll give to you. In the, where it says, my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He said, Jesus is your example. If I gave Jesus, how will I not freely give you anything else that you want? Does that make sense? That's his example. He's like, listen, if I let you kill me and still, I said, bless, not curse, bless after killing me. What else could you possibly do to expect nothing but blessing? Does that help you guys? So John 10, 10, the thief, I want to talk about the thief because what's the thief to most of you guys? How I was taught the devil, but we'll talk about in context here. It's really fascinating because if you look at it in the context, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he says, everybody who's come to me, come before me, has been a thief. And even what you have is going to be taken from you. It's not the devil. It's thinking that you have to work religious systems to be blessed, to be favored, to be healed. He goes, that'll steal from you even everything that you already have. You're a son, but if you start hearing the wrong thing and teaching that you have to do these things or external behavior to receive something that's internal, even what you have will, will be stolen from you. The thief is the lie that you have to work to be a son. If you go read it in context, it's not the devil. It's the accusation, because the law accuses, right? And he said, I've nailed that thing to the cross, so there's nothing out there to accuse you with anymore. You guys get it? It's not the devil. The devil has... If you must believe in a real devil, just know he has no power or authority. He's under your feet. Does that make sense? If you really want to believe in a guy with a pitchfork and red underwear, that's fine. But everything's internal, Okay. Your only accusation, your heart is the only thing that can keep you from receiving or not receiving. That's where the kingdom lies, spiritual things, okay? So the thief does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And he says, everybody who's come before me, all the teaching you've gotten before you has stolen from you. I have come that they may have life and just a little bit more in case you deserve and earn it. What is he saying there? I'm not like the, the religious systems guys. I'm not like pagan gods that need to be worshipped and appeased. I am love, and I'm life, and I give. I come to give you life and give it everything I got more abundantly. That's good news, isn't it? All right, so if we read this in context and you keep going, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Doesn't that sound like what we just read in Philippians? Hey, the same riches and glory. 
I am the shepherd that gives his life for his sheep. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. This is really cool too, where you start seeing all these things now. So here's what he's trying to show you. A good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. The law is simply accused and made you guilty and judged and feeling not worthy to be blessed, which steals from you is what Jesus said. Religious teaching steals from you because I came to give you life and I've always wanted to give you life for free. You guys get it? See, the only thing that can keep you from anything is you feeling accused versus innocent. That's the thief, okay? Feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, not worthy. So I lay my down life for the sheep, and, I, and this is what's really fascinating to me. I just, this kind of hit me today. The other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I will bring, and all will hear my voice. So what is he saying there? He's going, I got other sheep than you guys. In fact, I got to bring them in too. That really irritated the Jews. Because we thought, no, we're the only sheep. And then he's telling them, no, you're the goats. My sheep listen to me. You guys don't listen to me. And the Pharisees, if you go read it in context, they knew he was talking about them. He's going, you're calling us a thief? Yeah, because you're stealing from people. You're stealing from people what I want to freely give. Because you're making them feel condemned and judged, and I give it free. Does that make sense to you guys? So when you know you're completely innocent, yeah, my boy, there will be one flock, one shepherd. I've got other folds. I'm going to bring them all in. And so there's one flock and one shepherd. How cool is that? That's cool. So everybody's included. Amen? All right, let's go to the next, next slide. I never saw that before, even though I've been reading it a zillion times. Hey, I've got other, I've got other folds. It's not just you Jews. I'm going to bring everybody in. There's going to be one flock, one shepherd. It sounds like Paul again going, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no female, there's no Gentile. There's one body, one spirit, one family, one name. That's above every name. And you're included. That's such great news. So anyway, so who is the thief? I already told you. I should give you a heads up, but who keeps people from receiving God's best? Religious systems, the law, wrong guilt, shame in our hearts, right? Thinking that we don't deserve something. So guilt, shame, thinking of yourself less than the father thinks of us is sin, not behavior. And I just remind you, sin, Francois de Troyes, sin is not about things you do or don't do. Sin is missing out on sonship, meaning that we're heirs. Everything's ours for free. And then Archbishop Lazar, I talked about this last week, but I found the actual quote. He said, the re- most of us were taught the fall, Adam and Eve. Um, we fell, and uh, we were incorruptible, and then we fell, and that's why we died, and now we got to get back somehow. And I don't believe that at all. I think it's about something else, like he talks about here. It says, the real result of the fall and what we call sin is an inclination to habitually misuse our energies, creating our own alienation. So when Adam and Eve, quote-unquote, started believing in anything but just life, when they started doing the dualistic thing, there's good and evil forces battling against each other, the good, bad tree, right? Because if you start doing that, you'll, you'll start accusing yourself and never feel worthy to be blessed. There's only life, and I came to give you it abundantly. That's the tree you eat from, and that's the only tree you eat from. Yeah, but I don't deserve it. That's exactly why you need to eat from the tree, right? Because if we all had a great self-image expected to be blessed, most of you would be more blessed than you feel like. So it's really getting the condemnation, the guilt, everything out of there. So the inclination to habitually misuse our energies, what energies is he talking about? To believe the wrong thing about us and to believe the wrong thing about God is the misuse of our energy. Then we experience hell. We experience death. We experience everything other than life. Is when we constantly meditate, believe, speak, all the wrong spiritual things. Everything's spiritual here. It's not behavior. It leads to crazy behavior, like I want to beat my neighbor with a bat, Right? <laughs> I can't say the name. My wife said the name. 
I keep telling my kids, I'm like, go shoot out Sue's Christmas ornaments. And I'm like, wait a minute, I better not say that because Bear might actually do it. So, because I'm joking. She, she doesn't like us a whole lot. It's just stupid. You guys know the whole story. We just asked for a short little, nice little neighborly thing. Anyway, okay. Can we simply put our internet thing over your driveway? No, that's, no, that's unacceptable. Anyway, so I said, shoot out our Christmas ornaments. Anyway. <laughs> Forgive me, Sue, if you ever watch this, okay? I don't know if you ever watch this. We love you, actually. Because I thought I was doing the right thing. When we moved in, I was like, hey, go give all of our neighbors a bottle of wine and some soap and, and just like win them over, right? All right. So when I think the wrong thing about Sue, I'm sinning. Does that make sense? I'm using my, I'm using my mental energy on the wrong thing. And who actually gets affected by it? Me, right? Anyway, you guys get it, right? I know you guys are all perfect and white as snow. So anyway, sin is not behavior. It leads to bad behavior. Sin has nothing to do with external things, guys. Breaking laws or not breaking laws is what he says. So anyway, um, alienation from God. Where's, we create our own alienation by what we believe. We do something wrong. We think something wrong. And then we don't feel like we should be blessed, Right? So that sin, that's using our creative, our God-given creative ability to change our mind, to believe on these things, to pray about the right things, to choose anything other than life is sin. He's not mad at you. He's just saying, you're going to experience everything I'm not. You're going to experience death there, and I want to just give you life. Does that make sense to you guys? All right. So religion without a, without a living, transforming faith is a form of idolatry. So they've made the law, religious systems, legal things, do this, don't do that. It's a form of idolatry. It's replaced, It's anti-Christ. It's anti, meaning we're denying who, what Christ actually did for us, thinking that, hey, you've got to do these things in order to be blessed, worthy to be blessed, worthy to be healed, all these different things. So the misuse of our energies is what really consists of sin. That's Brad Jerzak's mentor, that old Eastern Orthodox guy. So the fastest way to change everything about your life, most of us don't like to hear this, is change what you focus on on a daily basis. Change what you really meditate on, focus on. Worry, when we start feeling anxious, etc. it's just a tip to us that, ah, that's sin. That's misusing the energy God's given us. He goes, I've given you the ability to change things and co-create, but you're using it for the wrong thing. You're worrying, you're doing this, you're, what about this, what about that, versus, hey, let's focus on what's right, let's focus on faith-filled things, let's focus on dynamic things. All things are possible through Christ, does that make sense? Versus, well, let's be realistic. I hate that, personally. Barb knows that. When people go, let's be realistic. I, I hate it. I hate it with everything because we leave God out then. God's not into realism. God's into, I create things. Right? I turn, dark, I turn light. Darkness doesn't, I don't struggle with darkness like you guys do. I just flick the light. I overwhelm it with me. And everything he is is what we should be focused on. He's love. He's life. He's he, he loves us perfectly, radically. He's never kept anything wrong with us. He creates, he gives. He, like I said, his judgment is everything that we don't have, that we think we don't have. So if we have darkness, he just gives us light. And if we have lack, he gives us him, which is abundance. And if we, if we have unforgiveness, he shows us his radical forgiveness, so it changes our heart. Does that help you guys? So the labor that we need to do, doggone it, because it's so easy, but we don't like to do it. But this, Barbara and I talk about this all the time, but it's actually kind of awesome once you think about it. If we got ourselves into the mess, we can get ourselves out of the mess. Does that make sense? 
It's really what we focused on. That's life-giving to me. I know some of you guys get defensive on that. And not everything. So let's, let's just talk about this. Because Esther and Ruben had a great uh, uh, chat after service last week. Hey, the, life happens to us, doesn't it? So I'm not saying everything that you caused everything to happen to you. Like, if there's a child that gets a disease or something, eh, come on. I'm not going, hey, you did that. But let's, let's also be clear, did God do it? No, so who did it? Humanity as a whole is how I look at it. Is when, when a lot of people start thinking the wrong things and they think darkness, that's where we get sickness, disease, all these things. So I'm not saying that, but what I'm also saying is surround yourself with people that know something else about that because that's the cure for anything that's bad. Does that make sense? We can experience life in the most tragic situations. When you get around people, go, hey, you know what? All things are gonna work together for good. This is, even this is gonna be okay because I know the very end, the telos is Christ. He's the beginning and the end. Everything, who we are, etc., is going to be swallowed up by everything he is ultimately. That's where there'll be no weeping, gnashing of teeth, none of that. It's, but right now, we can start to experience heaven on earth right now by what we focus on. And when we focus on the right things, it radically changes in a hurry. It doesn't take that long. That's what people, because I know what we think, like, God, we got ourselves in this mess. You can get it out of it fast. It's really awesome. Right? Anyway, does this make sense to you guys? All right, let's go to the next slide. Ah, I'm almost done. You guys good? Yeah? He has come to give you life. You don't earn it. See, sin is thinking, I have to earn it. That's the thief. That's what will steal from you. Sin is thinking, I screwed up again. Um, I wanted to shoot my neighbor's bulbs out. That's just a guy crazy thing, ladies. You don't understand. It's like, see, we would all laugh at that. Just like, you did what? You shot her ornaments out of her tree? No, my, my bear did. <laughs> you know, just, it's a stupid guy thing. Just, I don't, Ramiko, does that make sense to you? It's just, stu- it makes perfect sense. It's locker room humor, isn't it? Like Barb goes, guy thing. I go, totally, most of the time. But uh, it's still fun every now and then. It's, was it, is it right? No, no, it's completely wrong. Um, but it's fun. I don't know why he makes us that way. Right? Ornery sometimes. It's like men, don't you, Rika, when, when we get hurt in a practice or something, we all laugh, don't we? Oh, yeah. And ladies are like, oh my God, is he hurt? We're laughing. Like, did you see that? How bad he got hurt? I don't know what it is. It's this twisted thing in men that we think it's fun. So um, it just is sometimes. So he came to give us life. That's what we need to focus on. So I don't care if you're experiencing lack of life in any area, the fastest way to experience life is to focus on these things. Everything's going to be okay. He loves me perfectly. If anything was lost, he restores. He, he, he literally takes lemons and turns it into lemonade. That's who he is. And that's all he will ever do. He came to give you life for free. Jesus is your demonstration. That's what he said. If he gave you Christ, how will he not freely give you everything else? The labor is to only focus on that. And you'll be shocked how fast you go into another thought. Does that, does that make sense? That's why when we were really struggling at first, we were like, you know what, we're going to do a, a sticky, and every time we do something or say something negative, we put a mark. I'm like, after about five minutes, I go, screw that, because we got 50 marks on there already. <laughs> but, it, but it shocked me how, how really programmed we were for the negative. And so our work, the labor, was to go, that's not true about who we are. That's not true about God sees me. He sees me as innocent. He sees me as perfect, etc. In fact, we were meeting with all the ushers. You know, 1 John 1, 9. I think that was Bill. You asked that question, right? 1 John 1, 8 and 1 John 9. I've heard everything. 
you know, it's, he's written to the Gnostics. It's written to all this. And, and uh, hey, maybe. I don't really care. Um, I think we've missed the whole thing on that. Where it says, confess your sins. We've set up all these religious programs to go confess our mistakes and all this stuff. How does that really make you feel? I don't want to go tell. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I did this and did that. And you think the priest to go, oh, it's you again. Yeah, it's me. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is at all. So we were sitting there. I go, let me see. Here's what I think it is. I said, here's what I think it is. That word confession is homo logio. Homo means the same. And logio is, he is the logio. Say, the same, say, say Jesus is what he's saying. If you say Jesus, that will heal you. If you take that 1 John 1, 8. It doesn't, doesn't mean I, I, I screwed up again, so I got to go tell, hey, Dave Robbins, can you have a cup of coffee? I get it. Sometimes it's therapeutic, but that is not what it means. It, in fact, I'll read it here out of the mirror. It's really good. You guys okay with that? Then we'll be done. So 1 John. Well, you can do that too. It just doesn't work. Because um, it doesn't do anything for your heart. Does that make sense? It's external. The kingdom of God is not doing something external. It's something internal. So... Here's what it says, uh, 1 John 1, 8. To claim innocence by, and here, where it says, hey, if you say you don't have sin, you know, you're guilty and all these, but you got to read it in context. If you go read the, the Young's translation, you can start to get there too, but to claim innocence by our own efforts under the law of personal performance is to deceive ourselves and deliberately ignore the truth. The truth about you does not mean that you now have to go into denial if you have done something wrong. When we communicate, homologio, is that word? When we say the same thing about what God says about our sins, we discover what he believes us about us concerning our redeemed oneness and innocence. Then we are cleansed and every distortion or lie that we believed ourselves is redeemed. So he's saying, if you say the same thing about sin, and what does God say about sin? He's removed it far as the east is from the west. In fact, this, this covenant, you should have no more remembrance of distortion or lies or sin. Jesus is your remembrance. So that's confession of sin. Say the same, same, and here's what it means. I'm worthy to be blessed. I'm worthy to receive. I'm God's loved. I'm God's chosen. I'm his very breast. It's as if I've never made a mistake. He radically blesses. He radically loves. He radically forgives just because he is. That's confession of sin. Does that make sense? So it's really your self-talk. How, how much do you guys, who's the most the person you talk to the most to every day? Yourself. That's why it's spiritual. That's why really anything ministry is supposed to go, hey, let's get you focused on Jesus again. Let's get you focused on Christ because let's get this heart healed and everything else that you're working harder for, doing all this stuff just freely flows. Healing just freely flows. Does that help you guys? All right. So um, the thief is believing in a religious God that blesses you only based on if you're good and worthy to be blessed. That'll steal from you and keep you from being freely receiving God's blessings, his healing, everything. Amen? So I know I'm joking about my neighbor, etc. but internally, honestly, I go, I know I'm blessed, man. It's so wonderful. What a good news. And I don't talk about it much. It's just fun to talk about it here. It's, it's an example to show you guys <laughs> that we're humans. Does that make sense? Because anybody who gets up there and goes, I have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We have the distortion. But once we say the same thing about sin, that homologio, oh yeah, we're innocent, worthy to be blessed, worthy to be favored. I am God's best, and I'm a son. Slaves have to work for the blessing. I receive it for free because I'm a son. I'm in the house. You guys get it? All right. So I would just challenge you to do, you can get to your feet. I would challenge you to do this. Is, uh, oh, that means I have to do it too. 
That's actually good. I know it's really good. Oh, as we labor, our work, guys, is to focus on only him. If there's anything good, if there's anything worthy, if there's anything true, if there's anything noble, think on these things, and that will keep you in perfect shalom. Amen? Is it fun? No, that's why it's called labor, to enter into the rest. But the beautiful part is if you do it, it radically changes every part of your real life, and it's worth it. Amen? So, hey, if things aren't going right in any area of your life, commit this week to go as best I can. I'm going to remind myself, only focus on good. So if I want a certain area of my life to turn around, I think the exact opposite. What would a God who gave his only son, who gave everything, he's a good dad, he's a good father, he loves me perfectly, would a loving father withhold anything good? No. That's what you remind yourself of. Amen? And when you start really meditating on that, feeding on that, that heart, it returns 30, 60, 100 fold. It radically turns for you. Does that help you guys? So, and you won't have to try figure it out because he never gets tired of going, all right, I'm going to show you one more time how I bless you in crazy ways that you could never expect. All things are possible to him. So I don't care what the situation likes. I don't care what the, the business challenge looks like. I don't care what the marriage challenge looks like. I don't care what it looks like. Only focus on life. You'd be shocked how fast he turns it around. Amen? So, Father, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you. Oh, you're just good. Just let us get a deep revelation more and more that you're nothing but light, you're nothing but love, you're nothing but blessing, you're nothing but forgiveness. You are you. There's not good and bad, there's only you. The only darkness we have is us. So just let us focus more and more about who you are, because you've designed us that way. That's where we can radically change every part of our life by laboring to enter into you and everything you are, everything you stand for, everything you freely give. And Father, we just thank you in advance for all the blessings, all the radical restorations in every period of people's lives, because you just love it. You never get tired of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You're released, guys. If you need any uh, prayer, etc., come on up and we'll do it. Amen.